Hello and welcome to the Modern Musclehead Podcast. This is Scott Tuzan of MetabolicMasterpiece.com, along with my co-host Brian Cron, BrianCron.com. And today we are joined by JC Dean of JCDFitness.com. Um, it's been a, a while since I've spoke with JC. Looking forward to catching up with you. How the heck's it going, brother? What's uh, what's happening? How's your training going? Um, do you have any kind of physique goals that you're aiming to achieve right now? Yeah, it's going great. Um, I am uh, currently doing a um, more of a, of a three day on, one day off bodybuilding split, and nice. and it's uh, coupled with a calorie. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on a calorie surplus. To so just say that, I'm. I'm basically cycling my calories um, to create a net deficit. Um, just focusing on slowly, slowly uh, losing body fat and making the abs a little bit more sharper, but, uh, um, and also doing some very strategic, uh, cheat days to, to keep, you know, to keep things moving along, which are proving to be, um, a little harder than they have in the past, which I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not too sure why. I think it's mostly because, uh, I've kept my calories, um, fairly high for a while. And so, uh, <clears throat> I guess I'm kind of just, Guess I was kind of used to eating food and kind of getting. I know this may sound weird, but like kind of getting sick of eating a lot of food, mm-hmm. and then you start to like ratchet it down, and and then you start to get hungry, and you're like, okay, it's time to go. I'm gonna like pound four or five thousand calories, and then you you get halfway through, and you're like, oh my god, you know, mm-hmm. like what am I gonna rely on for the, for the? This actually happened to me yesterday, and I I am remembering how hard uh, it can be to throw down a ton of food if you uh, unless you're if you're not super strategic about it. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing uh, in terms of diet and training right now. But. So so to put it into perspective, a ton of food is what, between four and 5,000 calories for you? <clears throat> for, um, yeah, 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 for uh, for what I'm used to. I mean, I mean, my, my daily life is pretty low-key. Uh, I'm not as active as I was. So mostly training. That, that's the, mo- like the most activity I'm getting on mm-hmm. a daily basis. Outside of some walks, like, you know, outside and that type of thing, but um, you know, I'm not I'm not super active where I'm maintaining on three thousand plus calories anymore every day. So um, yeah, yeah, like the you know four to five thousand calories of semi decent food, uh, and you know, unless I'm just eating a bunch of junk, right. um, can be pretty difficult. And I like to eat decent food. I don't want to just eat a bunch of crap all the time. So and what but, yeah, what would be your um... So on your on your lower days when you're cycling your calories, where do you typically tend to fall? Yeah, about two thousand to twenty one hundred yeah. calories. About that. And that's manageable. Um, you're 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 a bigger dude. What are you just are you just below two hundred pounds? How how tall are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I'm five eight. So I don't know what that is in centimeters, but um, yeah. <laughs> for for all, all the people all the people that are wondering what sixty eight inches is, I don't have no idea. So sorry. Um, um, yeah, I'm about. I'm five eight most days. Um, hundred and I stepped on the scale. I stepped on the scale yesterday. I'm a hundred and ninety pounds, I guess. Okay. So, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. So, two thousand calories is is pretty pretty manageable. I don't really have much in terms of another thing for me. I say that it's kind of hard. Is I don't really have a ton of hunger most of the time until I start to just like really go down low if I have to. Like if I start going below eighteen hundred calories on a consistent basis, which I've had to do in the past, um, 
uh, I, I start to get it, it starts the hunger starts to set in. But for the most part, as far as food choices that I make, it's you know, two thousand calories a day. Is, well, not a day, but every other day or so is pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, it's fairly satisfying, manageable. It's not not killing you type thing. Yeah, it's it's right around kind of where I when I want to go a nice slow and steady approach. Two thousand. If I want to be a little more aggressive. Uh, around seventeen, eighteen hundred. I'm I'm a little, well, a fair amount lighter than you guys, though. Around one fifty-five. So, yeah, um, five and five. I'm shorter too. Five, six and a half. So, just, yeah, poor guy. <laughs> Was that a, oh, you poor thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm pretty comfortable in that range, um, and I do have a tough time eating, especially above thirty-five hundred calories if it's good food that I enjoy, um, pretty nutrient rich, very easy. I did like I did last night where I had some ice cream and some beers and stuff. It can add up pretty quick, but it's all good. Are you finding JC, uh, now that you're, you know, not that you're an old man, but as you get a little bit older, are you finding that, um, kind of like maybe what worked for you say five years ago, isn't working as well, or you're just not, you know, if things change a little bit, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I keep getting better looking with age. Um, that's definitely. <laughs> I, I agree, dude. It's. it's uh, <laughs> I, I I keep getting uh, thicker and stronger and more aesthetic with age. So that's also a good thing. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about this uh, recently, going back through like logbooks and stuff, and um, I've I've done I've I've done some coaching with uh, Amir Siddiqui. He's he's overseen um, some of my training programs over the last year or so. And so I've learned a, a, just a metric ton of information from him, um, not only about training, but also just about uh, managing you know my diet and stuff uh, psychologically and um, also seeing other things in clients. But one of the things that I've, under, I've kind of seen that's changed and I was thinking about this very specifically uh, when I was in college, and I was—I just got back into college. This was 2009, 2010. I was 24, 23, 24 at the time. I'm 28 now, and uh, I remember I was doing—I was doing like an upper/lower split, and I did it for like 20 weeks. And uh, the the whole goal was just to get just to get bigger, thicker, kind of like every bodybuilder's, you know you know, ideal, um, without just getting, you know, really fat in the process. And I remember specifically like what I was doing compared to what I'm doing now was fairly low volume, moderate frequency compared, comparative to what I do now. And, uh, man, like just growing like easily, <laughs> like yeah. wake up, wake up at 5am, have a, a large breakfast. I was walking on campus pretty much the entire week so my expenditure was really high having a huge breakfast um walking to class training in the afternoon um eating with like no like with, with reckless abandon like just not even looking counting calories or anything like that just trying to keep up with my intake and just growing like a weed and being excited about my progress getting really getting getting a lot stronger <clears throat> and I look back over like the last year or so of training and if I were to ever go back to that like that amount of volume or that amount of frequency. The frequency is not so much an issue for me. The issue for me is is volume, mm-hmm. um, and especially volume tolerance to a certain point. But if I were to go back to that routine, like 
it would be okay for maintenance, maybe, but but to get anything out of it, I would have to. I mean, I would just have to. I would have to do something to stay within the the frequency and volume. Like I would have to. I would have to just do like major supersetting, or I would have to throw in an extra uh, few sets of like mile reps or something like that to 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 make it work. Like there's no way. And and uh, I'm finding, you know, as I learn more and as I grow as a coach and and as you know, you know, as I work on my own physique, something that I've you know, kind of run into in, in, in the past and learned is that um, back then I used to think, oh, this is all anyone needs because this is all I need. Mm-hmm. And and then now I've gotten older, I'm realizing like, wow, like there's no way I could even, I couldn't thrive at all on that volume. And yeah. now I've got to have, I got to have more frequency, more volume. The more I experiment with uh, like some of the routines that Amir would have me do, would have me literally laying in my own pool of blood and sweat at the end, and it was kind of like uh, kind of like the slingshot effect, you know. Like you push yourself really hard to where you feel like you're overtraining, which you're probably really not truly overtraining, and then you take a week off and you feel recharged, and then you go back and you do a ton more volume, and then you take a week off and you feel recharged, um, and then and then sometimes you go back and forth. Like he's really a big fan of alternating frequency mm-hmm. and keeping keep in waving volume at the same time. And I found that there is a certain sweet spot that I can sit in and make a lot of progress, especially with uh, like size and aesthetic gains. Not necessarily with strength, because I don't really care that much about strength anymore. Yeah. Um, but I find a certain spot that is really great in terms of volume and frequency, um, and also just like my own individual tolerance for the gym. You know, like do I really want to go eight days a week? No, probably not. Can I manage five? Yeah, it's probably okay. Um, that type of thing. Um, anyway, long answer you, to your question. Yeah, what I was doing at 23 or 24, and I thought that it was the best thing ever. You know, worked really great for me then, yeah. and will work really great for you know clients that don't have as much experience. But then I have to think about, you know, like what I'm doing now. Is is you know kind of shattering whatever I believed and thought four years ago that I would be doing. Um, but you know, it's it's working and. And most of all, it's enjoyable. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been really. I've mentioned this probably several times. Every, almost every time that I've I've uh, had you on on the podcast, that uh, man, it's been really fun to watch you grow um, and your writing style. How it's how it's really come along over the past four or five years. Just kind of seeing in the beginning that little bit of a narrow focus. And I mean, I think the best thing we do is share our experiences with everyone else. And and it's not saying that what you were doing back then was wrong. It was what was working for you. And and I don't think, and it's going to work for a lot of other people back then. Yeah. But it's, it's really fun to see how, how we grow through experience over the years. It's kind of funny. Even I saw on Facebook the other day, you're posting, you're looking every once in a while, you come across some of your old, articles or emails or messages and it just kind of laugh and I know for myself I think back when I was 25 if I could go back and, and talk to my 25 year old self I'd, I'd slap myself silly with some of the stuff I, I believed back then and um, yeah even like I said four or five years ago it uh, I remember writing articles and contributing to, to like chapters to books and stuff and um, man I just I want to go back in time and go shake my head and go what the hell were you thinking but uh, it's all part of 
it's part, it's of, process, part of the process man. yes yeah yeah absolutely yeah so it's uh it, what's so three days on one day off are are you doing certain body parts certain days mm-hmm. right now yeah so the, basically my split uh is chest shoulders and triceps on monday um legs and, and a little bit of abs on uh, Tuesday or the second day, and then on the third day, um, it's back and biceps. So it's a push pull leg split. Yeah, yeah pr- pretty much a traditional, you know, three on one day off yep. bodybuilding split. Um, one thing I'm focusing on now is basically just doing a doing a lot of uh, like I, I'll usually start off my my session with some type of strength focused movement just so you know the the analytical brain of mine can can least track a little something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then everything else is just trying to smash in volume and, uh, oxygen debt, uh, for the rest of the session and trying to keep it under, you know, I, I have a, it's pretty structured, you know, it's not like I'm just doing random stuff, but it's pretty structured. I'm just trying to put in as much as I can in the next 45 to 50 minutes, uh, of the session. And that's mostly for the upper body stuff on, on lower body. Um, I have, I have pretty big quads and glutes so i'm not i'm not like trying to develop those um you know very much anymore um i'm not even i i don't i don't do uh squats for me have always been have always made my thighs just giant and so i'm not doing squats anymore i've just basically uh been doing lots of rdls um doing lots of uh single leg um like split squats, that type of thing, mm-hmm. um, some leg presses, uh, but mostly just trying to ma- and do- also doing tons of uh, single leg uh, glute work. Um, just basically trying to maintain uh, my lower half and uh, build up some more glute strength because I think we can all benefit from more glute strength than uh, hamstring strength. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, basically, because you know, in the Western world we sit a ton, so we can all we can all use as much much of that as possible. Um, but uh, yeah, that's just kind of how it, that's kind of how it's going. Um, I, mm-hmm. I I I write everything out in cycle in like a, a cycle. So first, you know, first three days is cycle one. Second three days is cycle two. I'll probably run this for as long as I can stand it until <laughs> I, until until I just start hating. You know, until all the symptoms arrive. You know, like yeah, start hating exactly. start hating the gym. Uh, start getting. You know, uh, if the if the metabolic symptoms start showing up, like you start getting cold or you know, you can't maintain an erection or, you know, sleep yeah. starts, sleep starts to go, to go to crap, you know, that type of thing. Um, you know, I'll just, I'll just run it for as, as long as possible. And, uh, that, yeah, like that's something I learned from Dave Tate is, is, you know, people, people want to change their routines up regularly and that's, that's a good thing, but it's, uh, it makes more sense if you can, if you run, literally run it until you're mentally in the ground, like you're so effing bored of this routine that you just want to, not shoot yourself, but you're pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. Like, like then you change it because it's like now you've kind of milked every last bit of adaptation out of it, and you're so ripe for a, a complete change. Yeah, so. I, it it's interesting. I find naturally for myself, it's um like three weeks on a program. I I no I give it everything all. I'm like super excited for that first three weeks, and the fourth week on a program, I start to feel. The fatigue, the fatigue kicks in. Um, I, I find I have to basically 
deload that fourth week and my enthusiasm mm-hmm. starts to drop a bit. So even though I may be on the same type of split, there are certain elements of the program that I'll I'll change yeah. the next month. So it may be the same kind of basic structure, um, but just change a few little variables um, within, to keep it exciting, uh, boost up the enthusiasm. Uh, but I usually oh. do find that fourth week I I have to I have to lower things a bit and. Um, yeah, like that's what kind of like you have like your your overall cycle. You don't change that much, right? But like within like yeah, monthly periods, you can cycle lifts or or even cycle rep ranges or tempos or anything. You can make a lot of like changes that way. But the overall split, like whatever you happen to follow, I re- I think people they got to try to milk it for as long as they yeah. can. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like what's your what's your reach that point where you're just mentally you're 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 so checked out and you're like I'm so freaking bored of this then boom it's uh then you need a big change mm-hmm. yeah I, I can i can agree with all that i think i think it's really important to to pay attention to how you're feeling what's going on um what i find interesting about what you said scott is like over the three three weeks you know things going really well in the fourth week you feel like you gotta kind of dial it back or change something so you must be really pushing it like you must be really pushing yourself to the max for the most part huh we we get Excited, yeah. We uh, the first week is um, we're, we're excited for the change, and we we push it um, like never to the point where our form gets sloppy or we're forcing out reps or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but the first week is usually a little bit of trial and error, kind of figuring out our weights um, to to match the the protocol that we're we're following, and then second week we can really give her third week we're gung-ho we're like this is fucking awesome i've never felt better and you really crank it up and then fourth week at the start of the fourth week you're like well at the end of the third week you're thinking this is i I, i'm gonna be running this thing for a long time but all of a sudden you just start just start feeling like oh man it's time to to reduce it a little bit and then go you take a little week of of a deload and then um ready to crank it up again the following week yeah that uh that's yeah that's interesting uh and another thing i'm gonna i'm gonna be writing about in, in my blog soon is uh like I, I think for strength if you're training just for strength like the the, the less you alter things the better and like mm-hmm. even to the point like like the you know the barbells that you use and the dumbbells that you use like even the time of day like the more you can keep things consistent because you know strength is all about rehearsing it's all about like those those neural patterns and 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 just mastering the all the nuances of the lift but on the other hand, hypertrophy, uh, everyone talks about volume, how important volume is, and I agree, volume is probably number one. But variety for hypertrophy is huge, mm-hmm. especially, you know, especially if you get further along in your training and, and muscles a little harder to come by. Um, it, whatever you can do to program just in a little bit of variety can make a, can make a difference. Even just like the, the, the grip of the barbell you use, like if you, if you adjust, if you bring your grip in a little bit or out a little bit or use thicker dumbbells, thicker barbells... Like I switched gyms, and I swear I got I've gotten a bump in 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 size just by using all different equipment. Like I'm same exercises, but just different stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. That's that's a it, it's really cool to hear you talk about that. Like strength is I don't know strength is the strength is great, but you know I I've you know I've kind of hit some milestones for myself that I I wanted to hit, and then after that I was just like the hell with this, you know my <laughs> my jo- my joints hurt and. Yep. Um, I just realized that, like, I guess it's two years ago, and I pulled 535 with 
with the trap bar. And what was funny about it is I went in to the gym and I didn't even plan. I, I had been training my, my squats and um, hip thrusts like really hard for probably three months and hadn't really done any um, much pulling. And I went into the gym and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a pulling workout today and see, see what happens. And I worked up to, you know, 535 and I was like, okay. So I just, I just exceeded a goal that I had by 35 pounds and I didn't even plan on working, working the deadlift that hard. And, uh, once I hit that, I was like, man, I don't want to, I don't really want to do this anymore. Cause that, that, that was pretty painful. Like just getting just that one lift, that, that, that one rep I was like, man, that wasn't, that wasn't that much fun. And I don't want to, I don't want to go for 600. And so that was kind of like the stopping point where I was like, man, this, this, I don't want to train for strength that much anymore. And um, mostly just because, you know, I realized that, you know, I, I would be, let's just face it, like if you train for strength for a long, long time and you really push the limits, like you're going to mangle yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, not everybody is, but it, mm-hmm. it, it's more likely to happen. And so, um, but I like what you said about, you know, the strength stuff. Uh, I find that when I'm doing coaching and I'm helping clients, Especially with the like aesthetic goals, a lot of them get hung up on man. I I lost a little strength, or you know, yeah. my my, de- my deadlift is not as as strong or as tight as it was. It's not as quick and snappy. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, look, I'm like, hey, look, like, like, like that's fine. Um, yeah. but we're not, but we're not trying to make you like super strong in the process. Like you're just trying to look better and lose thirty pounds of fat. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, but a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this, man. I was guilty of this a long time ago. Like I, I would get hung up on my strength numbers, you know, going down, and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm automatically losing muscle, which is totally, you know, like totally, totally, totally not true. Yeah. But uh, you know, it just, just how it is. And and um, <clears throat> going going to what you're saying with the variety thing, uh, I I find that for my own training, what I think is really cool is. Uh, when I find myself getting into a, a, a pretty positive loop, um, when I start to see changes happening and, um, you know, like, like, uh, like right now I've been like on my, I've been using solely dumbbells for, uh, my push days. And so flat dumbbell bench, um, incline squeeze presses, uh, lots of, uh, flies with the, with the machine cape, with the cable machines. Um, Lots of dynamic push-up stuff, and uh, but one thing I found that uh, I hadn't done in a long time was the the incline squeeze presses, mm-hmm. and uh, my upper chest has always been pretty weak. Um, and I would say it's still considerably weak comparative to the rest of my physique, but like I'm actually seeing improvements in it. And the only thing I can say was the variety of throwing in the squeeze presses because I haven't done those in like a year, and. And it's like I've created a positive feedback loop. So I love the idea of the variety, throwing in some variety here and there to keep, you know, to keep the, the adaptation from, you know, happening so quickly. And uh, I think that's my favorite part of bodybuilding is yep. having, having the variation when you need it because it keeps it fresh too, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's boring to go in and do three sets of three on deadlift and, you know, rest five minutes in between sets and, and that's your workout, you know. And you're afraid of overdoing it, so you know you, you you pull back a little bit. You don't do that back offset because somebody wrote in an ebook that you're gonna overtrain <laughs> yourself. <laughs> and so I, you know, like uh, that's the thing I love the most about bodybuilding, and and um, it's just fun, you know. Like it's fun yeah. getting a pump, you know, like for sure, you know, supersetting or tri setting, and you know, like I, I actually I was laughing about this. I was texting with a friend of mine the other day, and 
and uh, she she's doing uh, like a four day like a four day split. And I was like, hey, I just got done with leg day, but my my uh, my chest and shoulders are like swollen as ever. And uh, and it, it's funny how um, with bodybuilding training, I find uh, to, you know you don't even have to work a certain body part sometimes to get the to get the overall effect of like the big pump, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know, I just love I just love that aspect of it. I guess that's the the bro in me, the meathead in me, but <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it is, no yeah. doubt, man. And I think it depends how you're wired too. Just, just some people, they they need that, that 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 little bit of fear that comes to really really heavy weights. Like they get a lot of juice out of that and a lot of a lot of motivation. Like when the when the rubber hits the road, man, I'm a pussy. Like if I got you know a one RM squat on my shoulders, I'm freaking scared because I'm like a lot can go wrong here. You know, I can you know I could lose my my drive a little bit, or you know I could easily tweak my back, and then I'm then I'm screwed for five days. So. So I'm always like, have a little bit of fear when I lift heavy. Whereas like bodybuilding, man, you'll never break me. Never. I could do that shit all day. You know, it's yeah. just, uh, and enjoy doing it. So I think it's, that's part of it there too. It's just what you enjoy and what you find, you know, invigorating. And yeah, I get it. <laughs> and, and you know, it actually might be better if you do it all day. You, know, <laughs> you, might, you might be bigger. You might be bigger and and have better results if you do it all day. But if you if you did strength work all day, you, you know, you might. You might get crushed, literally. Right. Oh, you get crushed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, uh, let, let's talk about nutrition and stuff. Um, Brian and I are, well, it sounds like all three of us are going through a cut right now. And um, yeah, like for, for myself, I know I'm at a point where I'm really freaking happy with, uh, with how I look, like my level of leanness. It's easy to maintain this. Um, I guess I'm at the exact same point as what, um, Brian was describing uh, earlier, um, or maybe it was b- previously before we got on the call, just talking about um, like taking it to that next level, going from being lean, basically doing everything that we can. Um, before it gets really shitty. Yeah, yeah. Like, and they're just trying to, well, Brian, you, you roll with it. What, what were some of your your thoughts? What were you looking to ask JC? I know it was about mindfulness and, and just trying to, yeah. trying to get our head straight for kind of kicking it up to that next level and, and breaking through and really pushing it through to, to go from that, that lean to uh, super lean or even shredded ripped. Well, yeah, like that's, that's one thing I think JC is really, really good at is he, he's got a firm grasp on the, on the whole mindset that's required. And it's, you know, something that I struggle with and certainly a lot of, uh, a lot of other experienced people struggle with, and because I mean, like the stuff you read online. Oh, you just gotta count your macros. You just get, you know, you just have to do this. I mean, all those, all that stuff's important, and it will get you quite a long, farther along in your journey. But then eventually, you hit a point where, okay, you look good. You know, people are complimenting you, and you look in the mirror, and everything looks great. But you're not there yet. You still have a big chunk to go, and this is when this shit gets, it's much more of a mental game and it goes way beyond just, you know, new macros or, or, you know, switching from Turkey to chicken. Like it's, it's much more of a, of a mindset thing. So this is something where I wanted to, uh, to pick your brain a bit, JC, cause I know this is something that you've, you've done a lot of writing on. And so like, what, what advice would you have for, you know, a couple of meatheads like Scott and me? Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I've found is, is, uh, 
number one, like, especially if you're working with someone that is pretty anxious and like really wanting it to happen, you know, uh, like you said, like getting to that certain point, like you notice progress happens pretty quickly or, or at least it's appreciable and you notice it. And then you get to that point and you kind of expect, oh, well, it's going to, you know, I need to happen as fast again. So one thing I try to help people understand uh, before I go into that, one thing you said is like, it's not from just changing, you know, your macro structure or changing your food items. Um, that's something I find that a lot of people kind of want to immediately do. They're yeah. Like, oh, I've stalled out on weight. You know, I really think we need to like reduce my carbs. I really think we need to reduce, you know, my intake or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, that may be true. You know, let's face it. You might need to lower your energy intake just a little bit, but um, I don't like to lower it immediately. I like to try to see if people really are stalled out or if it's just becoming gr super gradual. And what I tend to do in that in that case, if someone's like, "Hey, I need to tighten things or not tighten things up, but I need to I need to make a change. You need to lower something." What I tend to do is is say, "Okay, you know, we we understand. We know things are going to be much slower. Why don't we try to get even tighter on what we're already doing?" So. Um, if people are tracking their macros and doing doing all the right things, sometimes I'll get people to kind of reflect. Um, this is a big part about it, is getting people to reflect on what they've done. So if they've been doing it the way that I hope they have been, they've been keeping a journal and tracking, just tracking as much as they can. And I'll ask them, like, what can you go back on and what can you tighten up? You know, reflect on what you've done. How can you make something a little bit better? And most not every you know most everyone has not been doing it a hundred percent because we all have you know nuances and social lives and all these things so that's the first question I'll ask is can you reflect on what you've done and can you can you make anything a little bit tighter so maybe you've been throwing a few beers back on the weekend um, to yeah. kind of relax or whatever to reward yourself or whatever um, mm -hmm. and if you've gotten this far already but you know even doing that it's like well, well what can you tighten up there can you can you reduce that to twice a month instead of four times a month? Can you you know cut it out altogether and and save it for special occasion, or you know making a change like that? So like that's the first thing. Um, just trying to see where they're at and see if there's anything that they can tighten up. Because the last thing I want to do if somebody's on eighteen hundred calories, last thing I want to do is is you know remove even more of the energy intake. Mm -hmm. uh, you know you know because like mentally that sucks. Um, but also just physically, like, you know, you don't have a ton of calories to work with when you're at that intake, um, and you have to start, you have to start making some compromises somewhere. So the other thing that I'll typically have people do is, uh, it kind of goes back to their routine and schedule again. Um, if they're struggling with the intake or they're struggling with, you know, the, the rate of progress, um, I'll basically just ask them like, you know, let's let's set up you know let's set up some major constraints that will force you to do the right thing at the right time and not rely on how you feel right um, and so a big part of this and I and I know it's simple and I know a lot of people are gonna hope for a magic bullet but it's like just go back to the old idea of planning planning out your your day right yeah so I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty good at you know, waking up, having a certain thing, having a, a certain lunch, and then and then making everything fit by the end of the night. Because, um, you know, like, as far as planning goes, like, I have, like, ten different, like, foods, you know, that I eat on a consistent basis. 
and it just makes sense for me. But somebody that's really busy and, you know, they don't have a lot of time to prepare or they're eating out, you know, because of their schedule, it's like you got to get really, really strict, you know, to on your on your meal times and on your schedule because if you rely on, well, I'll just make up for this later in the day, you might find yourself at the pub having a beer and eating, you know, eating some energy-dense food because you didn't make time to prepare early in the day. Um, so I think finding the constraints and just planning and helping people get into the, like, really thinking about what they're doing. Um, because when you really think about it and you, and you put it in the forefront of your mind and you make, you kind of make the decision ahead of time, you already create that constraint for yourself so you don't have to think about it later. Um, but if you leave it to ad lib, I just don't, th I just don't think you're going to get to, I don't think you're going to get over that next hump. You know, it takes a little more dedication, a little more focus. Um, and you know, not everyone wants to really hear that, but you know, that's kind of the price, that's kind of the price you pay, right? Like mm -hmm. that's why those people are able, you know, not that I'm condoning, you know, mm -hmm. doing this if you don't want to, but that's why the people step on stage and the other people don't, don't. right? Yeah. Because they take that extra step, and so I think just being mindful of what you're doing and understanding the process and understand understanding that, you know, you may not know yourself as well as you think you do. Therefore, you got to make the plans and you've got to you've got to create the structure and the ha and basically build some good habits and create the routine that doesn't rely on you knowing yourself. It's just like, hey, this is this is the plan. This is what we're sticking to, and then you just execute it. Um, other thing that kind of goes into the mind stuff. Uh, and I, I've, I've picked this up a lot from just talking to Amir and talking to um, Jahed Momond, um, just some other of my really cool intellectual friends uh, about all kinds of stuff, not, not necessarily particularly pertaining to, to nutrition. But one thing I think is really cool is understanding that like, psychologically, um, a lot of times food can be freeing psychologically. So like the idea of if you're on a pretty structured diet and you're eating low calories pretty consistently – um, structuring in the the refeed days or the days that you kind of just take a big mental break from eating or tracking or counting that type of thing. And uh, I know you guys probably follow you know Amir on Facebook and you see that he eats like <laughs> cheesecake for breakfast once a week, right? Right. Yep. Um, yep. So one of my favorite things about him is uh, you know he's completely open and honest about everything. And uh, he's like, hey, I'm I'm gonna eat this cheesecake and I'm gonna you know. You know, eat, eat the rest of this food the rest of the day, I'll probably hit like 16, 17,000 calories, whatever he ends up doing, right? Um, and so I think it's really cool about that is is uh, something I learned from him. And I never would have done this until I like started talking to him. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of times people schedule the refeeds around a big training day, right? So right. like they'll have, they'll get up in the morning, have their big bowl of oats or whatever they're doing to start carving up and then they go train <laughs> and then they come home, and they come home, and then they start pounding the rest of their food, right? Yeah. So that's the way it, I, I'd always structured it, and that's the way I'd always do with my clients. And you know, it gets results. It's great. You know, it's fine. Um, but a roadblock I ran into was uh, when I would when I would start the the day of heavy eating, <laughs> I would find I would find myself not wanting to get out of the house. Exactly. And, and so I started to like feel really bad about that. And then um, when I started, you know talking to Amir more and then he turned me on to Scott Abel's stuff about like the cycle diet and the high calorie mm -hmm. days and um, you know one of the things that through email conversation with Amir was like you know you take a complete day off of training and a complete day off of eating and then you just chill out you relax you know 
you don't do anything that stresses you out. You just eat a lot of food, take the day off. And I found that for me, that wasn't only beneficial, like on a, a physiological level. Like I was able just to like lay in bed and, you know, watch, watch TV or listen to music and just, you know, pound the food and take naps in between. Um, it, it was like, it was a huge rest on me mentally. I didn't have to worry about going to the gym, didn't have to worry about, um, you know, the fact that I'm not creating a sink, so to speak, for all this food. And so for me, psychologically, that was like a huge way of just like kind of letting go, you know, like getting away from everything just for a short period. And I think those breaks um, by far psychologically are the best for, I'm going to say everyone. I think everyone needs to take a small break from, from training and, and, and counting, especially if you're on that last little, you know, you're on the bend, right? Yep. Yeah. You're, on that, you're on that last little bit. Like you, you need, I mean, let's face it, like the stress accumulated without any, any uh, like real break over time is, gonna, is just going to compound. It's going to be worse and worse and worse. And I found that having days specifically dedicated to chilling out, doing things I enjoy, and just stuffing my face are really beneficial. Um, but getting over it psychologically is kind of hard for some people because they're so used, they're so conditioned to, oh, I got to create a sink for all this food, and I got to make sure that I have only carbs because of you know, the spillover and all this shit, all this shit that you kind of just get lost in, but, you know, uh, depending on what you've read. So, um, anyway, kind of a long way of saying, I think the psychological benefits from having complete days off, um, and even on a macro scale, having complete weeks off and just, you know, that does a lot for my mindset, does a lot for, um, really paying attention to how your body's working and not just following a program, you know, really paying attention yeah. to how you feel. Um, I mean, I can go on for days, but <laughs> yeah, I but yeah. agree. Yeah, I agree. I think for you, it's the whole point of that is uh, is it's a restorative measure. So to get all stressed out about your training and you know, it's kind of counterproductive. Like if you're going to have a day where you literally like restore, like not just your energy reserves but your mental reserves, you want to just be chilling, like just not training, not stressing, and just kind of getting all you can out of this all out of this food that you're ingesting and this feeling your stress go down. And yeah, I, I agree completely. Now, I just got to get, yeah, I think you have to be, I reach a certain point of leanness before that becomes effective. I think a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people want their cheat days right away. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like dude, man, you got to earn that. But yeah, that's a great. I think that's a great way of saying it, man. You gotta earn it. You gotta work into it, um, because uh, <clears throat> you know another thing I think is really important too to help people understand that you know um, let's just face it, like like nothing worth having, whether it be a, an awesome body or a great business or you know a great relationship or whatever it is you're focusing on. Like let's just face it, like none of that stuff truly comes from the traditional you know word. Of like moderate, like being moderate, right? Like mm -hmm. you gotta go, you gotta go to some extremes. Whether it be with your training, whether it be with your dieting. Um, now it can all be like within the con, like the confines of uh, a normal life, right? You know, if you want to call it that. But at the same time, if you look on the macro scale, you're like, oh, that dude's pretty moderate. But you look at, you know, you, you kind of hone in, and you realize, hey, this guy's really watching his diet six days of the week, and then, and then he's eating like crazy on Sunday. And so, to, to your average person, that may seem extreme but 
your average person probably doesn't have the goals you do. Right. Yeah. Um, I think so, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing I, I think is really important. I was thinking about a second ago that I try to help um, clients with is so something I've been coming uh, coming into contact with ever since I started doing any of this was a lot of the fear of certain foods, right? And, you know, we've had the low-fat ideas, low-carb ideas, um, you know, depending on, depending on who you talk to in the, in the nutrition camps, you might have vegans that say that, that muscle protein has a ton of, like, harmful aspects of it, and, you know, you, people can vilify any nutrient, um, you know, if they want to, and they want to pull the, pull the right PubMeds to back up their, their bias, but, but uh, what I think is interesting, um, and this is like a major issue, and I really try to help my clients slow down and think about like what they're doing, is so I, I notice that like a lot of people want to have, uh, you know, everyone wants to have a certain look, a certain physique. Um, uh, one of the biggest things I find is people are afraid of carbohydrates. Even to this day, people are like, I, I got an email, I got a text from one of my clients the other day, and she says. Hey, like I'm gonna send you some pictures. Um, I noticed some changes, but I'm thinking that maybe we need to reduce the carbs. Um, <laughs> and and so like and I and I know that her carbs are are probably pretty high compared to what she was on, simply because I if I'm gonna throw myself under the bus with any like labels, I'll just call myself a high carb guy. You know, I don't really care. Um, yep. But you know, if you call me paleo, then I might hunt you down. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, but anyway, so like. You know, or you label me anything else, like I'm going to be mad. But but if you were look at like the way I set up the diets, I would say it's mostly carbohydrate. Um, so she sent me that, and I was like, okay. And knowing her, I was thinking in my head, I was like, I was like, she's she's thinking that the carbs are are keeping her keeping her weight up or keeping her from losing weight fast enough. Yep. So one of the things I try to help my clients do, especially when they start going into that kind of like that that mindset where they're like, okay, I need things happening, I need things to happen faster. Um, I would say a lot of it comes down to I think my carbon takes too high. So um, what I try to do is help them sit back and think for a second and, and educate them and say, hey, look, like we know that the body's primary fuel source is glucose. And the reason I have your carbs high is because I have you training really hard. And if you're following the program, like I want you following the program, you're going to be leaving the gym pretty exhausted. You, you're going to have used glucose during your training. You're going to be using glucose after, you know, when you're thinking real hard later on today, your brain is using that glucose and it's like, I would really rather the dieting aspect to be as easy as possible. So instead of your body pulling a ton of protein to turn into glucose or pulling, you know, your muscle to turn into glucose, I would rather just, you know, you have the cupcake or have the, 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 the cereal or whatever you're having to meet your, you know, to meet your intake. And, yep. uh, I, I try to find, like, I try to get people to slow down and say, why do you want to make this change? Or why are you thinking that carbs are the result of you hanging on to body fat? Um, why do you, why do you believe this? And when you ask people to really think about it, they can kind of go back and be mindful of the idea of, oh, well, some guru said this on a podcast about how, you know, sugar is, is addictive and I'm addicted to it. I'm addicted to it. And it's, you know, causing this thing to happen in my body. And, you know, they have all these things that go around in their mind. When you kind of just like you break it down, you realize that a lot of it's just like it's more fear than actual yep. truth. It's more fear than actual truth. But the problem is, is that, 
you know, there's a feeling associated with that. And a lot of times, like, it doesn't matter what your objective reality is, right? Yeah. Um, what matters is how you feel. And how you feel can produce a cascade of, like, stress response and, and thoughts and feelings. And then that can turn into how you act. You know, so I try to help people just slow down and say, why do you feel this way? Um, and then I'll encourage them. Ask me all the questions you want, and I'll, I'll give you the best reply possible on why I have things a certain way. And, you know, to, to just, you know, kind of wrap it up with this, like, most people find that even though they're a little afraid of maybe, like, upping their carbs significantly, maybe, like, 100 grams per day, depending on what they were doing, um, obviously, like, I'm adjusting their intake up or down, depending, but I find that most people's performance and, like, the longevity of their diet is better than um, if they take the crash and burn route and go below 50 grams of carbs a day and uh, just try to, like, burn fat as fast as possible, you know. Um, but that's another, that's a hard, that's a hard trade-off because, you know, we, we are fueled by the, the, the positive feedback loop, right? If I drop my carbs at 50, 50 grams a day, like I'm going to see drastic water loss in the next three or four days. And it may give me the false idea that, oh man, like my abs are even sharper. So I'm totally losing fat, which in reality, like my abs have been that sharp. I've just been having, you know, 200 plus, you know, sometimes 400 plus grams of carbs every day, you know? So, <laughs> and, and I love salt. So I'm eating salt all the time. So like, yeah, you know, like maybe I'm, maybe I'm holding more water than I think I am. So, um, Anyway, the, the synopsis of that is just like helping people understand like how the nutrients work, why I have the nutrients the way they are, and then also just, you know, trying to wrestle with your own demons. Like what are you struggling with in terms of macronutrients? Like what are you afraid of? And uh, then when you realize there's no reason to be afraid of carbohydrate or fat or protein or mm -hmm. even alcohol for that matter if you, if you do it wisely. It's like you can kind of you can kind of let go of all that stuff, and I think letting go of a lot of that stress can have huge impact on you know the results you get and also the results that you maintain. Because um, if you get super stressed, getting you know getting lean really quickly, and you're super stressed, like all you want to go do is shove your face full of you know fatty, carby food, and then you get back to square one in three or four weeks, and you're like, no, what the hell? Like, why couldn't I maintain any of that? And then I think it just all comes down to how. How you view how you view everything essentially, right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. If you get someone who has something in their head, and I actually I can speak to this from experience. I remember the, the, one of the first times I hired a coach. This was probably in two thousand and one, or yeah, yeah, probably two thousand and one. And I was such a low carb guy mm -hmm. that uh, I remember he sent me a carb cycling plan. And in retrospect, it was totally fine. It was totally it would totally work today. It, you know, nothing's changed. You know, with our bodies in the last fifteen years, really. Um, but I just mentally, I couldn't buy into it because I was such a low carb guy. Yeah. That that eventually, I just for him to make me happy, he basically just changed it to like low carbs all the time, refeed. You know, the typical, you know, what was really hot at the time, the refeed thing. You know, every three to seven days, and you know, it worked. But in hindsight, it was such a it, it was it was totally my my bias and my stubbornness kind of dictated his was dictated his coaching, right? You know, so I didn't you know he wasn't too happy because he couldn't do his job and and in the end I wasn't too happy because I probably would have done better if I just followed what he had for me. So 
it's just amazing when people get so loaded up with their own you know their own agendas and they just kind of force it into the plan yeah and and you you're totally right I, i'm actually uh you know when i when i take on clients now like i have a i have a pretty pretty lengthy interview process with every single person because um, I know that if I'm going to be working with this person for the next 12 to 16 weeks, like I'm not here to, I'm not here to, you know, be a, well, I'm not here to like radically change, radically try to change your beliefs because I know that changing beliefs is really, really difficult and that's not my job. Um, my, my, but I basically interview people to find out like, am I gonna, am I gonna be able to, to shape this person's, you know, journey or are they just gonna, you know, be throwing things back at me saying, no, 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 this is what worked for me. This is what I need. You know, are they going to let me call the shots and let me, yeah. be the, let me be the dictator like I need to be? Or mm. are they just, are they just kind of like paying me for the validation that they want, that they yeah. want to push, push on me. And so I have had people I've talked to them like, look, like you're so focused on, you know, doing all this crazy cyclical ketogenic, you know, <laughs> bull, bullshit that, that you know you're you're so focused on this and you're so sure that this is the best thing for your health but you're five foot eight and 300 pounds and it obviously haven't worked in the last two years so why you know why are you still hung why are you still married to this yeah um but that's the truth that's the truth that's a reality like a lot of times people will ignore what's right in their face based on like a belief of you know what some guru said or what somebody Somebody just push their buttons just the right way and hit all the right words, and they become married to an ideal that that can be validated by the PubMeds if you want to, if you wanna, if you wanna confirm your own bias. Uh, <laughs> but man, it's it, you know. And I have to just say, hey, like, man, I'm really sorry, but you know, like, the amount of carbs I'm gonna throw at you is gonna freak you out. So I can't, I can't, I can't do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I had someone who is really married to a certain MLM supplement line, and uh, yeah. the, the, that person, so they had to have all these different shakes throughout the day, and and different <laughs> supplements, and 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 eliminate all the toxins in their body and then they always had they they wouldn't reference PubMed they'd reference a book that the guy who created the supplement line wrote and then and once in a while they show and I think their whole purpose to to hire me as well was to try to get me to on board with their supplement company oh. so oh, it, it really uh it, it didn't last too long <laughs> you, you you were an expensive lead then man. yes no kidding no kidding it, uh, <laughs> No kid, but if it worked out for them, it would have uh, it would have turned out pretty good for them. But uh, no, yeah. not they obviously didn't do their research on, on me. <laughs> I'm not going to be pushing any of that crap. Uh, interesting point that you brought up earlier about kind of like I mean the majority of the population uh, we're we're talking about right now at this point like going from lean to to really lean, really kicking up that next level, and I, I think it takes. We're, we're a different kind of breed. I mean, it, we're a small chunk of the population who, who kind of strives for that goal. And I think a lot of us, a lot of us have a bit of a, like a, an athlete within us. I, I know for myself, I, I embrace a challenge when I see myself, well, when I'm in the gym, I, I love experiencing that, that burn, that pump, and then just kind of push through um, that burn. I, I, I love kind of dealing with that, that kind of pain and pushing through that, that pain barrier, not in terms of hurting yourself, but, but working through that, that burn. And I find, 
I kind of got it when I'm going from lean to ripped. I've really kind of kind of embraced that that challenge component to my nutrition and try to find like those days where it's it's not so easy to stick to my somewhat rigid plan. I, I've got to make it some sort of fun challenge. I've got to kind of embrace that burn, so to say, but with my meal plan as well. Um, so I, I, I kind of find I got to throw in little challenges and, and bring out the athlete um, yeah. in the person to, to kind of rise to the occasion. Because it's only a short term, it's a sprint, basically, um, when you're going from uh, from lean to ripped. If it's going to be six to eight weeks, it's really in the big picture. It's not that bad. Yeah, and I, I got to jump in here. And too, it's like one thing I'm seeing a lot of, I guess, because I have a lot of colleagues and, and fellow coaches that I network with, especially on Twitter. And I mean, you know, macro, you know, sending out macros and counting someone's macros, like that's, that's obviously that's super important. And if you can get somebody who's kind of new to all this, if you can get them to do that, they'll make great progress. And a lot of them will get lean, but man, we got to start speaking the same language. Cause there's a difference between like getting, you know, in shape and getting lean and getting actually, well, getting ripped and like getting like almost contest lean like that's that's a that's a different kettle of fish man so and the shit that gets you to that that pretty good goal is usually it's not enough to get you all the way yep yeah so i mean yeah i mean what you said scott like making it like an an intense challenge like that i mean i I agree completely like i'm struggling with it right now it's just it's a different level of mindset Mm -hmm. like Yeah. yeah yeah Got to, <laughs> got to crank it up. Got to crank it up. And then, and because we're like a, we really are a rare breed. We're a small percentage of the population. We're surrounded by people who are always saying, you know, you got to live a little and all that kind of stuff. And, and and I like to consider myself pretty flexible with my with my dieting and all that stuff. But when you do want to crank it up, because I fucking love cranking it up. I I I, I thrive off the challenge of. Um, going from from lean to ripped i love pushing myself and 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 seeing kind of measuring the progress from year to year when i am ripped how do i look compared like how how can i visually see the gains that i made throughout the year as well and um so it is it's fun and you just got to kind of step out of realizing that hey everyone else around you is not going to be um in their their views and values aren't the same as yours and you just got to rise to the occasion and do it for yourself at that point. I think the coolest part about that is understanding that, um, and I don't, I don't mean this in any like pompous way or, or superior. I don't think this is not a superiority thing, but like you said something like people say, Oh, just live a little, you know, live a little. Um, if you look around, I mean, like I look at bodybuilding more as I grow and as I learn more and as I read more to me, bodybuilding is, is very much like an art and it's uh it's just it's like i don't know there's something about it that's just like holding yourself to a higher standard right mm-hmm. than than the average than the status quo totally and, and and uh i know i know a lot of people don't mean any like harm or ill will when they say oh just live a little man just like you know go out let, let, let's go out and just like eat like normal people and you know like you gotta do that like mm-hmm. you know you gotta have you gotta have a life you gotta have a little bit of the balance there Mm-hmm. But when eating like normal people becomes like five or six days a week and, you know, you're, you're, you're missing breakfast and having a donut at the office and then getting a shitty like fast food like concoction and then feeling bad at, the, at night so you go out and have a large salad, like, <laughs> like that's not what great physiques are built of. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't want to look like the average American. Amen. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to look as best that my physiology will allow, you know, and, and, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know, until I start pushing that on someone else and saying, you need to hold yourself to my standard. Right. Yeah. But, but I, but I love, I love it when people that are not as interested or not, uh, maybe, you know, near your development, try to tell you to live a little. Right. Oh, fuck. Yeah, because they, they don't – that's – I thrive. I mean that's where I learn so much about myself during that yeah. time frame. If it's six to eight weeks of a of a, a serious cut where I'm going from mm-hmm. lean to rip, I, I grow. I grow as a person. I thrive from that challenge. That's where I am living a little just because I'm yeah. not out boozing with the guys or, or, or chowing down on, on burgers and fries all the time doesn't mean I'm not living. I, I think I'm – I'm living to my fullest and I don't gauge my level of happiness by um, the food that I'm eating all the time. But although I do enjoy every meal that I eat and I think that sometimes it's hard for people to understand uh, the average person like how much I freaking love my omelet every morning and how much I love my Greek yogurt and protein powder. Certain meals are like, seriously, you're eating the same stuff all the time? I I look forward to those meals each and every time. I'm I'm thriving off this shit and um, don't tell me what living means because um, our definitions are, are very different as you point out standards are very different as yeah. well i enjoy holding a higher standard for myself and when i'm not at that standard i i don't feel complete i guess i don't feel yeah. like me i'm not in tune with myself um, something just off so i i've got to be at that standard if i want to thrive and live to my fullest yeah and I, I know for me, like with my personality type, I I don't do well on when things are very haphazard and things are kind of fly by the seat of your pants. I just find in, in just in my life, if I have a relatively regimented diet, rel- relatively strict, you know, dare I say bodybuilding, clean eating, you know, even yeah. Tupperware, so, you know, Tupperware sometimes, God forbid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I do that, it's like it it spills into other areas and all of a sudden my work is more disciplined and my office is cleaner and I'm, you know, I actually have some, some clean socks in the drawer, like in all, and you know, I'm calling people who I've neglected and <laughs> it's kind of like everything else kind of falls into place. Uh, I, whereas when I just quote unquote live and just eat whatever and just, you know, blah, 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 I, things just don't seem to work so well for me. Like I tend to, I, I, I go down rabbit holes on the internet more and waste time and stuff like that. So I know that's just my personality, but I agree. I think yeah. you see it, and I was like, when I see kids start taking up martial arts and stuff, it's it's amazing how the discipline of itself carries over into other areas of life. And I think the discipline of of going through a physique transformation like this does indeed carry over into other areas. Well, having the discipline too, it's what's great about it. What what, what you're basically saying it boils down to is is being a steward of of your habits and constraints like being real with the discipline that you need to live the life that you want to live and i think the that's the thing i think i love the most about pushing someone through this type of a goal is they realize like if they want to if they want to make this happen they've got to tighten up things in their life that they never paid attention to mm-hmm. so it may mean making making choices to wake up earlier and get things done so you can make time to go to the gym later in the day or mm-hmm. or um making better food choices you know for like yeah. 
I mean, that's something we can all, I, I think a lot of people can do is just make better, more conscious choices and what the hell you eat, you know, what you're putting in your mouth. And, and understand, and, be aware of how those choices impact your body, yeah. how you feel, your energy levels, how you're performing throughout the day. Yeah, yeah. And just having that structure and that regimentation and having a routine and knowing, I, I mean, no one... Everyone says, oh, I'm flying by the seat of my pants. But that's like a small, like, that's usually a small aspect of how they see their day, right? Like, no one is truly ever flying by the seat of their pants and getting anything done. Um, right. You know, you might you might have 95% of this thing figured out, but the other 5% you're, you don't really know. So that's where you're flying by the seat of your pants. But everything else is running. And, and uh, having that regimentation and that structure and just being discipline to yourself and making promises to yourself and keeping them is so big and that's the thing I I think I love the most about this is like you take a guy that wants to wants to put on some size and and look good so he feels better about himself you you take him through that process and in the process he picks up a lot of other great habits and good things that he can he can apply to his life like not only did he put on 30 pounds of muscle and now feels confident enough when he's going out at night but he wakes up early and he gets things done on a consistent basis his relationships are better because he keeps in touch with people and he had he makes time for things instead of you know waking up and letting life happen to him and it all goes back to the fact that he decided to train hard four days a week Mm, right, you know, right. Every, everything else fell into place because he decided to create the control that he needed. Um, that's one thing. That's a word I was looking for earlier. We we crave control, even on a subconscious level. And if you if you look around you, you realize that everyone's craving control. The I, the fact is, is that we live in a world that we can't control everything. And so one thing that I think about is in my life. The things I can control, you bet your bet your ass I'm going to control them, whether it be my diet, whether it be my training, whether it be um, you know the time I work on things, because you can't take that from me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have that, that focus, that control in my life, because something else in my life might be absolutely nuts and crazy, and I need to know that, hey, I'm controlling something, and it gives me a sense of focus. Um, I had a talk with John Romanello a long time ago, and when when nine eleven happened, he was you know he he was living in New York at the time, and he remembered like everything just being utter chaos and like everything around him you know changed because he was right there in the city, and he remembers that the only thing he felt that he had that he could control was training. Yeah. You know, he could wake up in the morning and go to the gym and put in the work and do it. And at the end of the day, he can be like, I may not have, you know, you know, the world may be crumbling around me and all this shit's going on, but at least I can, I can forge my physique. You know, I can control this. And I think a lot of times we just need something that we can, you know, that we can have yeah. some type of control over. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's and empowering. It, empowering. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and the spillover yeah to other areas of your life is just I mean Sean Phillips talks about that a lot. It's just enormous. Mm. So very cool. See see man, a lot of wisdom out of this little guy. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I got ten pounds on him, so he so he gets to be a little guy. 
I won't even, I won't even say what I say about Scott. Ah, I know. You're pretty gentle on me the most times. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) Very cool. Excellent. Well, just a fantastic conversation. Uh, Really appreciate you joining us, JC. Always love talking with you. Always sharing some great insights and, and your experiences and always fun to see you grow and how you take what you've learned through through this process and sharing it with others and helping them become the best that they can be. Uh, once again, people can learn more about you uh, by visiting jcdfitness.com. Uh, I'm going to link to that hell of a great article that you wrote, uh, How yes. to Build Your Weight Loss Meal Plans and Make Losing Fat Easier on Yourself. Uh, that was just... Was that the one like about a month ago? Yeah. That's like a I, book. I, uh, that was I, just <laughs> incredible. I got um, so many emails. People are like, dude, this should be an what ebook. The, what are you? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And one of those was me. I was like, I'm yeah. like, why? Do, I'm like, why do I even freaking bother blogging if someone's gonna put this out? Like, <laughs> like, I'll just put up pictures of my, I don't know, my, I don't know, my, my old dog. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> can't compete with that. No, that was a great article. Uh, I did. I ended up downloading that app, uh, Chronometer, I think, for it. But I still, I still been using my Fitness Pal. I, I think uh, cool. I'm still trying to figure that one. <laughs> out a bit but it looks uh looks like a dandy tool chronometer is great man i've actually uh not to not to poo poo on my fitness pal or anything i know a lot of people use it but i've had i've had multiple clients that uh would be tracking and uh i would they would stall out and i'd put them on chronometer and they would they would start losing fat again so uh, really i have a, yeah it's really it's really bizarre and obviously it doesn't it doesn't this doesn't apply to everyone but certain people would would log certain foods and I guess the I guess the options that you could choose on one app over another would be based on a brand or something else that had a different like set of uh, macronutrients per per gram or per serving, mm-hmm. and so they would be fine. Like, and you know, I'm really big about uniform eating, so I tell my clients like, pick a handful of things that you know you're going to eat on a consistent basis, and then on your refeed day, we'll we'll mix it up, and they would be eating a certain food consistently. And then they would be like, man, I'm not losing weight. I'm actually gaining weight. What's going on? And I'm like, well, I look at their logs and I'm like, oh, man, you're, you're logging like three times as much as you should be. So try chronometer and then input the same data and then it would, it would start up again. Like they would start losing fat again just because, you know, I mean, it's just an error, you know, it's just like a user error and it's not, not because they deliberately screwed anything up or, you know, whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. I, and I love chronometer because I, I'm really big into like looking at my micronutrients and so. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know if I'm missing out on some zinc or magnesium or whatever, I can go downstairs in the lab and you know, shoot, <laughs> shoot some, t- take some powder and, and swallow that magnesium. I'll mail you some. <laughs> I, I think the one thing they don't have a scan function like my fitness pal though, they do don't they? they don't yeah that, I wish that, that's what turned me off right away i was like oh fuck i gotta enter shit in right now so um, <laughs> I, I think that's why i've been holding off is uh, just the entering some oh, of the dude. data but i i'm so regimented like i, I eat so much of the same foods well, and, I, and i would say i would say that my fitness pal is working for you so i wouldn't i would encourage you i wouldn't encourage you to change well i'm going to <laughs> i'm gonna I, I downloaded it so i'm gonna i'm gonna play around with it Man. i'm curious I use a notebook still. Damn. <laughs> I use notebook. I use a notebook still for my uh, for my training. Um, I got yeah. so I got so sick and tired of trying to use apps that I would, yeah. you know, this is also another like product of of like your environment and your habits. Um, I found myself when I would go to log, whether it be a spreadsheet on my phone or whether it be an app, I would go to log the the training, 
And then I'd be like, ah, I got two text messages. Let's see what they're saying. Uh, yeah. Before I, before I know it, I'm supposed to take no more than 30 seconds rest in between the superset, and I'm like two minutes texting like Lawson, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, what am yeah. I doing? Yeah. So now yeah. I just like, I go in, I put my phone on airplane mode, I set the timer, set it, you know, set it Brilliant. in sight, and then I just write everything out on a notepad. Yeah, I find it way, way better. And it's, I, I found like with, with fitness apps, like how, how the hell do I plug in myo reps in here? And it have like different yeah. types of training protocol. It's just not, it's just so rigid. Like they just expect you to do three sets of each exercise or something. It's not the same. Yeah. We'll get you, yeah. we'll get you a myo reps app, Scott. <laughs> that would be fantastic. All right, man. Well, again, oh, just a great show. Um, thanks a lot, JC. And, um, thanks for having me. Appreciate having on. Brian, always great talking with you. Um, yeah. yeah great show hope people gained uh, some great insights from this and and uh let's cut it up man looking forward to getting shredded for uh for the summertime you bet all right man take care boys Bye.